0: Hi, everyone. It's time for another two adventures from the Tales of the Texas Rangers here at 1001 Stories of the Old West.
1: Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record.
2: Every day, Monday through Friday, there's top entertainment all day long when you set your radio dial to NBC. Listen for Double or Nothing, and you'll hear one of radio's funniest quiz shows. Yes, Walter O'Keefe consistently comes up with great comedy entertainment Monday through Friday on Double or Nothing. Listen, and you'll agree. And then there's the program with a heart, Strike It Rich. The grand entertainment that Warren Hull brings you every day on Strike It Rich is just what the doctor ordered if you suffer from the housework blues. From Chicago, Tommy Bartlett brings you welcome travelers and interviews with the many interesting guests who each day pass through the Windy City. And for more fun, listen for Bob and Ray, those two zany comics. Then there's Music and Charm with Dave Garroway. So remember, every day, Monday through Friday, chase your blues away with the wonderful daytime programs on this station of the NBC Radio Network. And now, here's today's adventure with the tales of the Texas Rangers.
1: And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Illusion. It is 3
3: a.m. on October 3rd, 1945. In the town of Eagle Rock, Texas, Sheriff Glenn Minton is awakened by an urgent knocking on the door of his house. He slips on a bathrobe
4: and walks downstairs as the knocking... Sheriff! continues. Sheriff!
3: Just a minute, I'm coming. Sheriff! All right! Now, who is it? Hey, West. I've got to talk to you, Sheriff. Please let me come in. Uh, all right, come in. Oh, Sheriff... I'm so scared. Now, now, now. Whatever it is, it can't be that bad. You don't know, Sheriff.
5: You don't know. You can't. Here, now, you
3: just sit down and relax.
5: No. Well, Please don't leave me. Sheriff, they tried it again. Tried
3: what? They tried to
6: kill me. Who? I don't know. Somebody.
3: Somebody wants me dead. Now, look
5: here, Amy. I've
3: known you since you were a kid, and I'm going to talk to you like a father.
5: I know what you're going to say. You think I'm imagining things?
3: Well, it kind of looks that way. (sighs) This is the third time in the past two months you've thought somebody was trying to kill you. They are! I know it! Amy, the other times we proved to you it was either accident or imagination. you have
5: never believed me. When the brakes went out on my car, when that man came into the house to kill me, you didn't believe it.
3: Amy, you said that prowler was still in the house when I got there, and you know I didn't find nobody.
5: He was there. I know he wasn't. Tonight he came back. He tried to blow me up. What? I woke up and smelled gas. Before I could get out of there, there was an explosion. Where? The bathroom, I think. Part of my bedroom blew up. I don't know how I wasn't killed. Well, why didn't you
3: phone instead of driving all the way in here? The phone wouldn't work.
7: Oh, it was awful. Why do they want me dead?
3: Why? What kind of gas fixtures do you have in the bathroom?
5: Well, there's a little stove and a hot water heater.
3: Where's your husband,
2: Amy?
5: Mark's away buying calves. He'll be back in the morning. Sheriff... Somebody came in and turned the gas on. I know it.
3: Amy, think hard now. Could you have left that gas on yourself?
5: No. No, I couldn't. Sheriff, you've got to listen to me. Somebody is trying to kill me. Somebody wants me dead.
3: All right, Amy, all right. Now get hold of yourself. We'll go out to your house and have a look. Sheriff made a preliminary investigation at the West Ranch house, then requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned and reached the ranch at 10 that morning. Mark West, Amy's husband, had arrived home in the meantime. The two officers left Mr. West downstairs with his wife and went up to investigate the scene of the explosion. Pretty much of a mess, ain't it, Jace? Uh Uh-huh. Mrs. West was lucky, though. I've seen gas heater explosions when there wasn't a thing left of the house. What do you make of it? You figure somebody could have come in here and turned the gas on like Amy says. Could be. Yeah, heater valve was open. Yeah, but Amy could have let it open herself. You know how careless people are about things like that. Uh-huh. You say Mrs. West thinks somebody tried to kill her a couple of times before. That's right. But, Jace, to tell the truth, I don't put much stock in what she's been saying. Why not? Well, Amy's always been kind of... High-strung, get yourself all upset about little things. You know how women are sometimes. Is she happy with her husband? Oh, Mark's always been real good to her. Seems to be crazy about Amy and her about him. Only one thing wrong I ever knew of. What's that? Well, both of them's always wanted kids, and they never had any. Last five, six years, Amy's been kind of brooding about it. What about these other times she said attempts had been made on her life? Well, the first time it was the brakes on her car. They went out and Amy smacked into a fence. She was lucky, just shook her up some. Mechanics said it could happen to any car. And the second time? She phoned me and said there was a prowler downstairs. When I got here, she swore she could still hear him walking around. I looked everywhere, and I didn't find a sign of anybody. Where was her husband? Away. He'd gone up to Dallas early that evening. You reckon he's involved in this? Oh, I don't think so, Jake, Like I say, he's pretty fond of her. Far as you know, Sheriff, did Mrs. West ever try to take her own life? Well, just between us, the way Amy's been acting lately, I wouldn't put it past her. Uh-huh. we better go down and have a talk with both of them. If Amy does have ideas about suicide, Jace, how come all this talk about somebody trying to kill her? Well, the human mind's a funny thing. Sometimes that's the way it works. You mean she could have done all these things herself, and yet she really believes somebody else
2: has been doing them?
3: Something like that. You know, that crossed my mind when I was oh, talking with Sarah. Amy. Mm-hmm. The living room doors open. Oh, Yeah. What'd you find, Ranger? I can't say for sure, Mr. West. Might have been deliberate, and then again, it could have been an accident.
5: It wasn't any accident.
3: Oh, no, honey, you're just upset.
5: It wasn't any accident, I tell you. He came in here just like he did the last time. Turned on the gas and tried to kill me.
3: Honey, why would anybody want to kill you?
5: I don't know. But he wants me dead.
3: Amy, you've got to stop this. I don't know of a person in the world who wants you dead. Everybody loves you. That's the truth, Amy. I've never heard a soul in town speak a harsh word about you.
5: It's no use trying to cover it up, Sheriff. Somebody wants to kill me. And when it's too late, you'll be sorry you didn't believe me.
3: Honey, don't talk like that, please. Mrs. West, we'd like a statement from you about what happened last night. Do you mind coming in town with the Sheriff and me?
5: All right, I'll come. But I want Mark with me. I won't go unless he comes along.
3: Sure, honey. I'll be glad to come. Sheriff, you take Mrs. West out to the car. We'll be along in a minute. Right, Jason. Come on, Amy. I don't know what to do about this, Ranger. I just don't know. Mr. West, I think your wife needs help. Would you have any objection if I took her to a psychiatrist? You
1: know one around here?
3: There's a Dr. Sobel who's done some work for us in the past. Works at a private hospital about 40 miles from here. I can take Mrs. West to see him if you want. Ranger, you don't know what a load it would be off my mind. I've been thinking about something like that for weeks, just haven't been able to get up enough nerve to talk about it. Probably better if the idea comes from me. I'll mention it to her on the way into town. I talked to Mrs. West. At first, she was reluctant to see the psychiatrist, but by the time we reached the sheriff's office, she'd consented. After the sheriff took her statement about the explosion, I drove Mrs. West and her husband to the hospital. While she was talking to Dr. Sobel, Mark West and I waited in the outer office. Two hours later, the doctor opened the door between the offices. Sorry I kept you waiting so long, gentlemen. Mrs. West, you can go into the other room with your husband now. How are you feeling, honey? All
5: right.
3: I've given your wife some capsules, Mr. West. Just a mild sedative. See that she takes one every night before she goes to bed. Sure, doctor.
5: It won't help.
3: It will, if you make up your mind to let it.
5: Nothing's going to help. Somebody wants me dead. Sooner or later, he'll kill me.
3: Well, we'll talk more about it, Mrs. West, sometime soon. Now, if you and your husband don't mind waiting, I'd like to speak to the ranger for a second. What do you think, doctor? Well, it's only a preliminary examination. I'll want to spend much more time with her. But there doesn't seem to be any clinical psychosis present. You mean there's no definite insanity? I'm almost sure of it. What about this idea she's got that she's going to be killed? She's an extremely unstable woman, Ranger. And she's under some kind of severe emotional strain. What it is, I don't know yet. The sheriff and I'd like to help her any way we can. Is there anything we can do? In a case like this, Ranger, nothing. Nothing at all. I drove Mr. and Mrs. West home and then went back to the sheriff's office. After talking to him, I decided there was nothing further I could do. I returned to headquarters. A week later, I received an urgent message from the sheriff. Mrs. West was in his office and insisted on seeing me. I went there. Sorry to bring you back, Jace, but Ms. West wouldn't talk to anybody but you. You said it was important.
5: It's important, all right, Ranger. Real important.
3: What is it, Mrs. West?
5: Maybe you won't think I'm crazy now. Maybe you'll believe me. I
3: never did think you were crazy, ma'am.
5: Yes, you did, but you're going to see. Everything I told you was true. Just wait till I get it out of my purse. There.
3: Look. Mm, aren't they the capsules Dr. Sobel gave you?
5: Yes. And now I know I wasn't dreaming the past few months. My life has been in danger.
3: Now, Amy... Well, what makes you so sure now?
5: This. Now, oh, you see? Inside the capsule... That's the color the powder should be. Green. But look at this capsule.
3: Powder in that one's green, too, Amy.
5: Hi Oh, I had another capsule I wanted to show you. thought I had it marked. Yes.
3: Mrs. West.
5: That's green, too. I don't know where. Oh, here it is. I knew I had it marked. See the little nick in the end?
3: What did you want to show us, ma'am?
5: Inside this capsule. There. The powder in this one's white. It's poison, Ranger.
3: Well, that's something we can't say till it's been analyzed, ma'am. If you like. You I'll don't take... have
5: to analyze it. That powder's poison. Now
3: look, Amy, Doc Sobel gave you those pills. You don't think he'd try to poison you? No, not him.
5: But now I know who wants to kill me. I saw him. He didn't know I was watching. I saw him take the green powder out and put the poison in.
3: Who was this, Mrs. West?
5: My husband. My husband's trying to kill me.
1: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson.
2: The cruel nature of cancer is well known. It strikes young and old, rich and poor alike. Men as well as women fall victim to this dread disease. And because anyone can develop cancer, everyone must join in the fight to conquer cancer. Every American shares in the hope that soon cancer will be conquered. But we cannot just hope for complete cancer control. We must take positive action. Do your part. Take positive action. Strike back against cancer by joining the American Cancer Society's 1952 crusade. Your dollars will help support the Society's three essential programs of research, education, and service to the cancer patient. It is estimated that 22 million Americans now living will die of cancer. Fortunately, however, this is not an unchangeable figure. By striking back together, we can reduce it substantially. So give generously to your unit of the American Cancer Society. Simply mail your contribution to cancer care of your local post office. And now, back to Tales of the Texas Rangers.
1: We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Illusion. We had the white powder that Mrs.
3: West had taken out of the capsule analyzed. It was poison, a lethal dose of arsenic. We took her to the ranch and began looking around in the hope of finding the source of the poison. Her husband was out on the range, and we started our search in the kitchen. Nothing in this cupboard, Jay. Try the one in the corner. Mm. Mrs. West, you're absolutely sure you saw your husband put the poison in that capsule?
5: Yes. He was standing right there at the table. Oh, how could Mark do such a thing to me?
3: You and Mr. West always get along well?
5: Yes. Till about a year ago. When he said he wanted a divorce. Naturally, I was surprised. What did you tell him? I said I wouldn't think of it. Then a few days later, he asked me to forget it. He never mentioned it again.
3: Can you think of any reason why he wanted a divorce?
5: I can now. Those business trips of his. Times he stayed away two or three days. Buying cattle, he says. He was with another woman.
3: Now, you might be jumping at conclusions, you know, ma'am.
5: No, I'm not. Why else would he have wanted a divorce?
3: Yes. I reckon I've got what we've been looking for. Rat poison. Oh. Well, bought at a Lyons drugstore in town. Just about half an ounce gone. Looks like he was scooped out with a teaspoon.
5: You see? I told you he was trying to kill me. And now I know why. Because he's got another woman. Amy. Mrs.
3: West, did you buy this poison?
5: Oh, I've never bought anything like that.
3: Then we'll check and see if your husband did.
5: You... you're going back to town? Yes, ma'am. Don't leave me here. Oh, please. I'm afraid of him. I don't want to stay in this place a minute longer. He'll kill me. Take me with you, Ranger, please. All
3: right, Mrs. West. You can wait in the sheriff's office while we go to the (laughs) drugstore. Ah, where'd I put that poison register? Uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, any idea when this poison was bought? Yeah, I'm afraid not. All uh, right, we'll just start turning pages till we come to it. Uh, west, west. <laughs> well, if that ain't luck, hit it on the third page. Yep, it was rat poison, all right. What day did he buy it? Uh, it was on June 25th. And... Did you say he? That's right. Then there's some kind of mistake, Ranger. It wasn't him bought that poison. It was her. See? Amy West. Did
5: you go to the drugstore already?
3: Yeah, Amy. We went to the drugstore.
5: Sheriff, is something wrong?
3: Mrs. West, out at your house, you told us you hadn't bought any rat poison.
5: Yes.
3: This is the poison register from Lyons Drugstore, Mrs. West.
6: Yes?
3: Is that your signature?
6: Oh. oh. Is
3: there any chance somebody else could have signed your name?
5: No. No. It's mine.
3: I remember
5: buying it now. I don't know how I could have forgotten. <laughs>
3: angry, Mrs. West. All we want to do is help you. Oh, I'm
6: such a fool.
3: I hate to ask you questions when you're upset, Amy, but it's important that we find out about this. Did you really see Mark put poison in that
4: capsule last night?
5: Yes, I... I thought I did. I don't know now. Everything seems to be spinning around in my head. I'm not sure of anything anymore.
3: I think that's enough for now, Sheriff.
5: I could see it so clear. Mark standing by the kitchen table, putting that white powder. Maybe I've been imagining things all along. Maybe I'm crazy. Oh, Ranger, please help me.
3: I think we'd better take you over to see Dr. Sobel again, ma'am.
5: I don't care what you do. Just help me. <laughs> Help me.
3: I called Dr. Sobel. He said he'd get a room ready for Mrs. West. While the sheriff took her to the hospital, I headed out to the ranch to see her husband. I learned he was still out in the range, so I unloaded charcoal from the trailer and started out. It was nearly five when I found him in a makeshift branding pen three miles from the house. Ooh, ooh, charkey Ooh, ooh, boy.
1: Mr. West? Howdy, Ranger. Be right with you. Hurry up
3: for the rest of them, Ted. Want to wind it up before sundown? Ah, what can I do for you, Ranger? I'm afraid I have some unpleasant news for you. It's about Amy? The sheriff just took her over at the hospital. What's happened to her? Nothing serious. She's just a little bit upset. Oh, I thought it was... You were going to say something, Mr. West? I, I get so worried about her, the way she's been acting lately. I can't sleep nights thinking about it. No, Dr. Sobel's one of the best in Texas. If anybody can help her, he can. Sometimes I think she's better, and then... Well, it's like a curtain drop in front of her eyes. She looks at me like she's never seen me before. It's pretty awful, Ranger. Yes, it is.
2: I'd like to go see Amy as soon as I can.
3: Well, you'd better call Dr. Sobel first, but I don't think there'll be any objection. She take her medicine along with her? I couldn't say. i better bring it to her. She'll be needing it. Oh, I don't think you'll have to do that, Mr. West. If she needs medicine, they'll give it to her at the hospital. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you would at that. Well, I'll be along to see her tonight. On the way back to the hospital, I kept thinking about his mentioning the medicine. It bothered me and created a growing suspicion in my mind. By the time I reached the hospital, I was convinced we didn't have all the answers. The sheriff and I decided to listen to any conversation between West and his wife who set up a hidden microphone in an empty room. And we asked the head nurse to have Mrs. West moved in there. We settled down in an adjoining room with earphones and a tape recorder. At 7.35, we heard the door and Mrs. West's room open and close. Hello, honey.
5: Hello, Mark. Uh,
3: You feeling better?
5: I... I don't
3: know. You'll be all right. Ranger said you had a real good doctor. Mark, I... Yeah, honey? I
5: don't know. Everything is so mixed up. I sure I'm sorry. don't
3: cry. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll be all right. When you get out of here, we're going to have the best time we've had in the whole 12 years we've been married. You really mean that? Me. Sure, honey. Maybe we'll go away someplace. Maybe Europe for a few months. Oh, Mark. Now, you just get a good rest so you can get out of here. Oh, I almost forgot. Mrs. Dunlap sent you some candy. You know, that chocolate fudge you're so crazy about. Here.
5: Candy? Oh. I don't
3: want it. Honey, you know you love this stuff. Go on. Take a piece. What's the matter, honey? Don't you want any?
5: You eat some. Huh? You eat some.
3: (laughs) Sure, honey. It's real good. Sure you won't have some? Oh, Mark. What's the matter?
5: Sometimes I think I'm the best. Biggest fool in
3: the world. Oh, you're just tired, honey. Uh, Doc said I shouldn't stay too long. I'll leave the candy here by your bed just in case you get hungry later on. And I'll be in to see you tomorrow. Good night,
4: Mark. night, honey. Sleep well.
3: Well, what do you think, Chase? I don't know. Right at the moment, I'd say it was a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Let's get in there. Mm-hmm. Evening, ma'am. Hello, Amy.
5: It's nice of you to come and visit me. You just missed seeing Mark.
3: Mrs. West, have you eaten any of the candy on the table?
5: Oh, oh, Mark brought it. No, I haven't eaten any. Would you like some, Ranger?
3: Yes, ma'am. If you don't mind, I'll take the whole box. What? I'm sorry, Mrs. West. But we want to be sure it's just candy. We submitted the box of candy for rush analysis. Forty minutes later, the results came through. One of the pieces of candy contained arsenic. We broke the news to Mrs. West. She accepted it in stony silence. We decided to let West believe his plan had succeeded. We outlined our idea to the doctor. Midnight, we had him phone West and ask him to come to the hospital as quickly as possible. When he arrived, he was kept waiting alone for nearly an hour. Sheriff and I sat in Dr. Sobel's outer office. Finally, we phoned the receptionist and told her to have West come in. You ought to really be stewing by now, Jace. Ah, that's what I'm counting on. Jace, I hold swear it. I... Hold did... hold it, he's coming. Oh, Doc in his office? He's upstairs. Come on in, Mr. West. I... He told me to get down here as quick as I could. I've been waiting for an hour. What's it all about? I don't know. We got a call, too. How long have you been here? About an hour. What's happened to Amy? We don't know, Mr. West. I went down to her room. She wasn't there. Yeah, we were down there, too. Where's that doctor? I'm going to make him tell me something. Dr. Sobel's up in the lab. He said he couldn't be disturbed. Lab? What's she doing up there? The Hmm. nurse said he was making some tests. On Amy? I don't know. I'm not going to stand for this. That doctor's got no right to keep me waiting like this. Not when my wife might be dead. Dead? What makes you think that? Oh, I'm sure that's it. Amy didn't want to live. She wanted to kill herself. I never got that idea about Amy. You didn't know her the way I did. She was always talking about killing herself. Last night, I caught her filling those capsules the doctor gave her with rat poison. Saw her put them in her purse. You did? Yeah. Took them away from her. Reckon maybe I didn't find them all. Reckon Amy had some more. Why didn't you tell us this before? I should have told you all about this, but I didn't. Because I was ashamed. Now you're going to blame me. You're going to think it was my fault Amy committed suicide. Well, go ahead. Say it. Mr. West, you're liable to be getting excited for nothing. Nobody said anything about your wife being dead. She is, I know it. She's not in her room, and the docs are making some kind of tests, he? She's dead. She committed suicide. She's dead. Take it easy, Mark. I can't understand it. I tried to make Amy happy. Why'd she want to take her own life? We don't think she did, Mr. West. Huh? We think you tried to poison your wife with arsenic in the candy you brought her tonight. Candy? Candy? I I didn't bring her any candy. We know you did. But... So I. lie. Amy died from eating poison candy. She had it with her all the time. I didn't bring it to her. I'm afraid you did, Mr. West. We've got a witness to prove it. Witness? Bring Mrs. West in, Sheriff. All right, Amy. You can come in now.
5: What's the matter, Mark? Aren't you glad to see me?
3: But, Amy, I... Maybe
5: you can understand how I've felt all these weeks. Hoping I was seeing things and knowing I wasn't.
3: Now you know. Oh, it's all a mistake on a big mistake. No,
5: it isn't. You wanted me dead so you could be with your other woman. Who is she, Mark? Is she pretty? You tell her how soft and silky her hair is, like you used to tell me.
3: Amy, please. Do
5: you and she have little jokes together like we used to have? Little pet names
3: for each other? Mrs. West, that candy you had in your room tonight, where did you get it? My husband brought it to me, Amy. That ain't true. You know you had that candy in your bag all the time. I saw you with it last night. Did you mark when? You had it. Try and remember, Amy, honey. You've got to remember, Ranger. She forgets things. Her mind wanders. I never brought the candy to. I swear I didn't. It's no good, Mr. West. We know you brought the candy.
4: Well, you're not going to take her word. She's crazy. She'd say anything.
3: We don't have to take her word. What are you talking about? You know what this is. I'll tell you, Mr. West. It's a tape recorder. Tape record. Your wife's room was wired. You'd like to hear what you said to her tonight?
6: <laughs> no, no. You
3: ready to tell us all about it now?
1: All right, I tried to kill her. She wouldn't give me a divorce. How do you think it feels having I mean, somebody else, can't be with her, only see her a few hours now and then? How do you think it feels?
6: That's right, Mark.
1: Cry.
5: I didn't think you knew how. Go ahead and cry.
1: go away. I just
5: I don't want to see her.
3: You won't, Mr. West. Her or any other woman. Not for a long time. Come on.
1: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard.
2: Later today, you'll find more great entertainment all lined up for you on this NBC station. Next, it's The Big Show, with a star-studded guest list and your unpredictable hostess, Tallulah Bankhead. And Meredith Wilson will be on hand to direct The Big Show, Orchestra, and Chorus. And be sure to hear the hilarious Phil Harris and Alice Faye show, featuring the comedy antics of Frankie Remley, Julius Abruzio, and Brother William. There's Mirtha Music with Phil and Alice and their delightful program. And remember, too, that Theater Guild on the Air will bring you another entertaining dramatization of an exciting play co-starring two of your favorite Broadway stars. Yes, Sunday is fun day on NBC because of the many fine shows sent your way to add to your listening pleasure. Later tonight, you'll want to hear Jack Parr and the $64 question as Jack asks the questions and gives away the money. So remember, for fine entertainment all the rest of the day, stay tuned to this station of the NBC Radio Network. And now, back to the Texas Rangers.
0: And
1: now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Suffering from nervous strain, Amy West went to a private rest home. After six months, she was fully recovered.
3: Mark West, having confessed to the attempted murder of his wife, was sentenced to ten years in Huntsville
1: Penitentiary. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas
2: Rangers.
1: Paula McRae will soon be seen in San Francisco story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, Parley Bear, Jeanette Nolan, John Stevenson, and Byron Kane. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf-Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel,
2: and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Next, enjoy 90 minutes of comedy, drama, and music on The Big Show.
0: At checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001stories at Britbox.com. Try it. You'll like it.
2: Tales
1: of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record.
2: Now that warmer weather prevails throughout the country, more and more families will be getting out of doors, into the yard, on trips to the beach, and drives to the country. Yet, via the medium of radio, you will be able to keep informed on world events as they happen at a rapid-fire pace. You will be able to listen and be entertained by music, drama, mystery, and comedy. For wherever you go, there's radio. And the NBC Radio Network is on the job to keep you informed and entertained. Yes, whenever you tune to this NBC station, you can be sure that you'll hear the finest in radio listening. More than one-third of the radio sets in the nation are in automobiles or are of the portable type. So, if you go to the beach for an afternoon of fun in the sun, if you drive into the country to view the lush new growth, or if your outdoor activity is limited to putting vigor on your lawn to bring it back to rich green life, take along your radio. You'll be royally entertained when you tune to the NBC radio network. And now, let's get back to the tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the
1: files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Address Unknown. It is just before noon on a hot day in August 1940.
3: In the Big Bend country of Texas, 40 miles northeast of the Mexican border, a poorly dressed woman trudges along a dirt road. With one hand, she leads a four-year-old boy. In the other, she carries a cheap cardboard suitcase.
8: How far we got to walk, Mama? Oh, quite a piece yet before we get to the bus stop. Now, you come on, Tommy. Give me a hand. I'm hungry. Yeah, I expect y'all at that. I reckon I could use a bite of food myself. What we got to eat, Mama? We'll go over across the road and sit under that tree. Give us a little bit of shade anyhow. And we'll use that old flat rock for a table. What we got to eat? Oh, something good. What? Sandwiches. We got the nice side meat. I want peanut butter. Tomorrow, Tommy, when we get to Aunt Josie's. Peanut butter'd make you too thirsty to ding all this hot sun. I want a drink, Mama. Well, I ain't got none, Tommy. Left the house so fast this morning, I clean forgot about bringing a jar of water. But I'm thirsty. Tommy, we're just going to have to. Wait a minute, that ranch house over there, they ought to have some water. I'm thirsty. Tommy, honey, see that house down the road? Uh huh. Well, you just walk down there and ask them if they got a tin can they can give you some water in. It's so far. Well, I'll be watching you. Now, go along now. All right, Mama. Mind you, don't stop to play now. Just get the water and bring it right back. All right, Mama. Can I have
7: some water? Can I have some water?
1: (laughs) Well,
3: now, look what we got here. Hey, what's a little fella like you doing all the way out here by yourself?
7: My mama wants a
3: can of water. Why, sure, Sonny. Where's she at? Over there. We're back on the road?
7: Uh-huh. We're going to Aunt Gilsey's.
3: Is that so? Now, what's your name, Sonny? Tommy. Well, Tommy, you come right on out back. And we'll see what we can do about getting you some water.
7: we got chickens and a horse.
3: Well, now, what kind of horse is he?
7: His name's Robin.
3: Robin and Tommy, huh? Yeah, I bet you make quite a pair. Now, here's a cup full of water for you. <clears throat> there. Yeah, I reckon we can put the water for your ma in this pail here. You and your ma live around here, Tommy, do you? Uh,
6: we live home.
3: Huh? Uh huh. There you are now. There. You want some more water? Uh
6: uh-uh. uh.
3: Well, maybe I'd better ride you back to your mom in my car. It's too hot for a little fellow like you to be walking. Come on now, Tommy. Mom, and
7: me rode in the car this morning.
3: Is that so? Did you come first? I don't know. In you go, Tommy. Now slide all the way across. Now we'll just put this pail in the middle here.
7: This your car?
3: Yep. And it a long time, too. Now... Where'd you leave your mom? Over
7: there. We got side meat sandwiches.
3: Yeah, i bet they're good, too.
7: <laughs> your face
3: looks funny. Huh? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you mean my whiskers, huh? Well, that's what happens when you don't shave for a couple of days.
7: I don't got no whispers.
3: Well, you'll get whispers soon enough, Tommy. And when you do, you'll wish you didn't have them. Yeah, is this where you left your mom?
7: Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, all right. Come on, Tommy. Come on. There. There we are.
7: My mama ain't here. Where's my mama?
3: Oh, she's around there somewhere. Suitcase and lunch are set there. Where's
7: my mama?
3: Now, nah, now, nah, nah, Tommy. She'll probably be right back in a minute. I'll give her a call. Let her know that we're here. Lady! Oh, lady! I want my mama! Lady! Where are you, lady? Mama! Mama! Lady!
6: Lady, I got your little boy here. Mama! I want my mama! Mommy,
3: mommy, she'll be right back now. I want my mama! Mama! After the rancher had waited half an hour for the boy's mother to appear, he took Tommy back to his house. Then he phoned Texas Ranger Company headquarters, located some 30 miles to the north. Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan arrived an hour later. They went with the rancher and the boy to the spot where the missing woman had last been seen. There, Ranger. Suitcase and lunch spread out unless they're rough. I just can't figure it. I
6: want my mama.
3: Now, Tommy, don't cry. Everything's going to be all right. I
6: want my mama.
3: What's your other name, Tommy? Tell me what.
6: Tommy, who else? I want my whoa, mama. Whoa now,
3: Tommy, whoa. Let's not run away. Come here, son. We're going to find your mama. Clay, take a look around. See if you can find anything. Sure, Jason.
6: What's that?
3: What? Oh, that's my badge.
6: What's it for?
3: Well, uh, where? Tommy, where's your daddy? Didn't he come with you?
7: My daddy's in
3: the heaven. I see. Where do you live, Tommy? Home. I don't know if it'll help any, Ranger. But he said they lived in the place where there were chickens and they have a horse named Robin. Uh Uh-huh. Well, did you walk over here from your house, Tommy?
7: Yeah. We got
3: thirsty. He said they rode in a car this morning. Might have got a lift partway. Where were you going, Tommy? To Aunt Josie's. Yes. Now, what is it, Clay? Come on over here a second. Can I go with you? Oh, you stay here, Tommy. I'll be right back. Yeah, Tommy, uh, you stay here with me. And if you're real good, I'll let you ride one of my horses. What'd you find? Some tracks here lead into the brush. Yeah, let's see where they go. You figure the woman could have run off and left the kid? Maybe. Doesn't seem likely she'd take off into the brush like this. Yeah, you're probably right. She left a suitcase, too, if she. Hey, Jace. Look at that. Yeah, another set of tracks. Coming in at an angle. Much heavier than the ones we've been following. Could have been a man. Looks like he was moving pretty fast, too. Come on. Tracks are starting overlap. Maybe the second set was made by somebody coming along after the woman already passed. No path going through here. Doubt if anybody'd come this way unless he had some special reason. Yeah, I wonder why. Clay. Huh? Over there to the left. All that torn brush piled up. Looks like it's covering something. Let's go have a look. And pull the brush aside. Yeah. Here she is, Jews. Dead? Yeah, strangled beaten up first. Pretty powerful man from the look of those marks on her face and throat. There's a little purse in the pocket of her dress. Anything in it? Twelve dollars and a comb. Reckon we can rule out robbery. Uh-huh. That poor little boy. It's times like this when I wish I'd never seen a badge. How are we gonna tell him about this? Uh, we can't for a while. The thing we have to do is keep his mind off his mother until we find out more about him. I guess you're right. Well, it looks, Jase, the killer didn't go any further into the brush. Oh, he probably headed back for the road. Let's see if we can pick up his trail. We found the trail. The tracks came out on the road 50 feet from where the dead woman's suitcase had been left. We checked the suitcase without finding any identification. Then we called for the justice of the peace, and I waited while Clay took Tommy Wilkes back to our headquarters. After the JP arrived, we took the woman's body into town. It was 4 30 when I walked into the office where well, Clay was us. talking to Tommy. All right, Tommy, you just play
2: with these while I go over and talk to Ranger Pistol for a minute. All
3: right. How are you doing? I've been trying to keep him occupied. Maybe those handcuffs will keep him busy for a while. It's mm, said so one of you didn't give me your pistol? Maybe you think he didn't ask for him. <laughs> He's a swell kid, Jace, but I'm worn out. He's got more energy than a two year old bobcat. Did you have him photographed? Yeah, we had to practically chain him down to keep him still. I see you got him some ice cream. Yeah, he was hungry. He's already eaten over half of it. How come you got so much? They tried to get a pint. All they had left was quartz. Find out any more about his family? No. Maybe you better have a try at it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, how's everything, Tommy? Fine. Just sit and talk a while, huh? Can I have
7: some ice
3: cream? Yeah, I think you had enough, Tommy. I
7: want some ice cream.
3: Clay, put a little more ice cream in that dish. Sure. Tommy, you said you were going to your Aunt Josie's. Uh-huh. Here you are, Tommy.
7: Will you fix it for me?
3: Hmm. What's he mean? He likes it stirred up. Won't eat it unless it's like soup. <laughs> All right. Now, let's see. you like ice cream? Yeah, sometimes. Here you are, Tommy. Is that better?
6: Uh-huh.
3: Tommy, did you ever go to your Aunt Josie's before?
7: Uh-uh.
3: How long were you and your mama walking on the road? I don't know. Did you eat breakfast at home this morning?
7: Uh-huh.
3: Well, that could narrow down our area some, Jason. Yeah. Tommy, when did you... Oh, wait a second. You're spilling ice cream all down your sleeve. Here, I'll wipe hey. it. What's the matter? Here, hurt. Where? Here. Just let me pull that sleeve back and take a look. Hey, that's an ugly-looking black and blue mark. How'd you get this mark on your arm, Tommy?
7: George did
3: it. Who's George? Is he your brother?
7: No, he's George.
3: Where does he live? that I hope. Why'd you do it, Tommy?
7: He, he said I was bad. <gasps> I wasn't bad.
3: Is George a little boy or a man? A uh, man. Are you tired, Tommy? I want my mama to put me to bed. Uh, we'll put you to bed, Tommy. In a nice big bed. I
7: love my
3: mama. Take him out and put him in that cot in the next room, will you, play? Sure. Come on, Tommy.
7: Let's go. Are you going to take me to bed now? Sure. I want my mama to put
3: me to bed. While Clay was putting Tommy to bed, I checked by phone with the two post offices within a 30-mile radius of the spot where Tommy's mother had been killed. Nobody but the name of Wilkes was listed in the entire area. We sent Tommy's picture to all newspapers in the vicinity. The next morning, Clay and I took Tommy in the car and started combing the countryside in the hope that he would recognize some landmark. By noon, we'd accomplish nothing. You getting a little hungry, Tommy?
7: Yeah.
3: yeah. We'll see if we can't find some kind of store soon. We'll all have lunch, huh? Can I
7: have peanut butter?
3: Yeah, if you want.
7: Mama gives me peanut butter at home. I don't like side meat sandwiches.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: You like side meat? Oh, there's Pedro. Who? Pedro, he comes to see George.
3: You mean that man on the borough we just passed? Yeah. I'll back up. You sure you know him?
7: He's Pedro.
3: Hey, senor. Hold up a minute. You
4: call me, senor?
3: Yeah, you mind coming back here?
4: Arre, conchita. Arre. Come out
3: here, Tommy. That's a boy.
4: (laughs) That donkey sounds funny. Buenos dias, senores. What is it you want?
3: Your name Pedro? Si, Pedro Sanchez. You ever see this little boy before?
4: No, i never see him before. Pedro? Just a minute, Tommy. He
3: says he knows you. Told us your name was Pedro. Yeah,
4: señor, many people have that name. I know you, Pedro. No, oh, little boy, you make a mistake. Maybe it's the mustache you make him think he know me.
3: You sure you don't know the boy?
4: Maybe he see me somewhere, señor, but I don't remember him.
3: Tommy here says you've been to his house. says you visited somebody there by the name of George?
4: George? No, senor, this little boy, he make a mistake. You know how it is with these small ones. Sometimes they have a large imagination. You
3: live near here, Pedro?
4: Si. Maybe seven, eight miles by the river. On the border? See. Si. All right.
3: I'm sorry we troubled you.
4: Oh, Any time, senores. Any time at all. Oh, by the
3: way, is that general store down the road still open?
4: Maria store? Oh, see, si. It's open. Thanks. De nada. Adios, senores. Arre, Conchita. Arre. Bye.
3: Pedro! Tommy, you sure that's the man who come to see George? He comes to
7: our house and sits at the table and talks
3: to George. I don't know. What do you make of it, Jade? Could be a mistake or Tommy's imagination. Then again, it's just possible our friend Pedro is lying. <laughs>
1: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson.
2: Have you ever left home, locked the door behind you, and had the uneasy feeling that you left a burning cigarette behind? Next time, you'd better go back and check, because every 20 seconds throughout the year, a fire breaks out in the United States through carelessness. These fires kill 11,000 persons each year, disfigure for life or severely burn thousands more, and destroy $7 million worth of property. Protect your home from fire by following these simple safety precautions. Don't smoke in bed or throw away lighted cigarettes. Clean out closets, attics, basements, and any place where old newspapers, magazines, and inflammable materials are liable to accumulate. Repair defective electric equipment and replace worn or frayed wiring. Use cleaning fluids that won't burn, and be careful with matches. Keep them out of the reach of children. Fires in the home, your home, can and must be prevented. Remember, don't gamble with fire, the odds are against you. And now back to the Tales of the Texas Rangers.
1: We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story Address Unknown. <laughs>
3: After we left Pedro, we drove down to Maria's general store. We took Tommy inside with us. One corner, two men sat playing checkers and arguing in low voices. A large woman sat behind the counter, swatting as many flies as she could reach from where she was sitting.
8: Buenos dias, senores. Oof. You ever see such a hot day?
3: Buenos dias, senora.
8: The heat comes, so the flies. <clears throat> to kill one fly, you get ten
3: in his place. We'd like to get some lunch.
8: Si, senores. I have some cheese in the icebox. If you got the time, I can make uh, chili, tacos. How about peanut butter? Cheese,
3: si, yeah, si, I get it. Oh, One bottle of peanut
8: butter. Anything else, senores?
2: Yeah, a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk. Oh, I
8: si. see. Oh, it's hot, senores. Here's the bread and peanut butter. i get the milk in a minute.
3: What'd you say, Tommy?
8: Her name's Maria. (laughs) You remember my name, eh, muchacho?
3: You know this boy, senora? Oh,
8: see, He come here sometimes with his mother.
3: Tommy, suppose you go with that candy case and pick out something you want. We'll be right over. Aye. You know where this Mrs. Wilkes lives?
8: Wilkes? There's senora, the senora who bring a little boy here. She's not named Wilkes. Her name's Collins.
3: Collins? You sure that's her name?
8: Well, that's what she call herself, senor, so that's what I call
3: her. You know where her place is?
8: Oh, see, you go down the road two miles, and then you turn left. After maybe half a mile, you come to her house.
3: Is she and the little boy the only ones who live there?
8: I don't know, senor. She a husband.
3: Husband? His name George, by any chance?
8: Yeah, George Collins. He's the one. He come here sometimes to drink beer. Mm,
3: sounds like Tommy's mother must have remarried. Uh-huh. And look at that bruise on Tommy's arm. I'd say George Collins isn't a very affectionate stepfather. Senora, you know a man named Pedro Sanchez? Well,
8: oh, see, he was here today, just a little while ago.
3: Have you ever seen him with George Collins?
8: Well, sometimes they are together here drinking beer.
3: Thanks. Let's get Tommy Clay. We're gonna pay George Collins a visit. We went to the Collins house. It was empty. We guessed that nobody had been there that day. We were pretty sure now that George Collins was involved in his wife's murder. But before we could look for him, we had to get Tommy taken care of for the night. On the way back to town, we radioed Austin for a make on Collins. After we made arrangements for Tommy, we went to headquarters and found a mugshot of Collins that had come in on the wire photo together with his record. He'd served a two-year sentence for car theft. Our problem was to find him. We had an idea that Pedro Sanchez, the man we'd met that morning, knew more than he'd told us. After getting directions to his place from the general store, we took horses and started out. It was nearly 11 that night when we rode along the bank of the river and started up a rocky slope. That should be it, Chase, up there near the top. Must still be awake. Leonard's burning in his window. Why do you figure he lied to us this morning? Only thing I can think of. He knows where Collins is and doesn't want us to know. Nice view of the river from here. Yeah, a little cooler, too. Who? Who, Charky. Who, Dad. Who, boy. Chase, you reckon Collins is hiding out up here with Sanchez? Maybe. It's not going to take us long to find out.
4: Mango! Mango! Don't make so much noise. You want to
3: have the hope? Oh! Can we come in, Pedro? Si, si.
4: Come in, señores.
3: we wake you up?
4: Si. <laughs> so sleepy sleeping. your lantern lit? Uh... uh, uh, uh. I must have forgot to put it out. Maybe if I move it from the window and put it on the table, we can see better.
3: Are you expecting somebody? Me? Oh, no, senor. Why give you that idea? I kind of thought that lantern in the window might be some sort of signal.
4: Signal?
3: No, senor, you make a
4: mistake.
3: Come over here by the light, Pedro. Look. You recognize the man in this picture? No, senor. You should. We understand he's a good friend of yours. His name is George Collins. George
4: Collins? I don't know such a man. I've never seen before in my life. Why you look so at me, senor? I tell the truth.
3: You always tell the truth, Pedro?
4: Si, always.
3: This morning you said you didn't know the little boy we had with us. He's George Collins' stepson. But
4: it's the truth, senor. You make a mistake... I don't know him, and I never see this Josh Collins.
3: Maria up at the general store says you have. You
4: believe this fat woman? She, she lies. Well, if
3: anybody's lying, it's you, Pedro. Senor, Are you I sure never... you sure that lantern in the window wasn't a signal for Collins? No, 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 senor. Then put it back in the window, Pedro.
4: Pero... All right, senor.
3: Better go out and move the horses, Clay. Collins is going to show up. We don't want him to know he's got a reception committee. <laughs>
4: Sleepy, senor. It's how much longer I gotta sit and wait Joe Collins gets here. Senor, I tell you, this Collins, he's not coming. You're wasting your time. Maybe
3: so, but look, Clay, somebody's coming. Yeah, when he comes, I'll get the door. Don't you make a sound, Pedro. You hear? Senor, here, I hear. I him, Gate. Put down that chair, Come Pedro! On, please! This'll hold you! Come on, Clay. There he goes,
1: down the slope. Collins. He's heading for the river. I'll hit
3: him up. Watch it. Last
1: one got him, Jase.
3: Careful. He may be trying some kind of trick. Yeah. He ain't got his shoulders. Still breathing, though. Must have just knocked him out. Turn him over. Jase. Yeah. yeah. It's not Collins. Well, then who is Wait it? Wait a minute. He must have been carrying this package. Heroin. Pretty good-sized batch of it. So that's Pedro's racket. Narcotics. Where's Collins fit into this deal? Why'd Pedro lie about him? I don't know. But I think Pedro's going to give us the answer. We took Pedro and the man we'd shot back to town. After we put the wounded man in the hospital, we drove Pedro to headquarters and began asking him questions. His calmness had us puzzled. We want to know why you lied to us about Collins, Pedro.
4: I have nothing to say.
3: Is Collins mixed up in this narcotics racket with you?
4: You ask me questions, Señor. Send me to jail. I stay there five years. How do
3: you know it's only five years?
4: I got a friend. First time he get caught, he go to jail. Five years. Where's Collins, Pedro? I don't
3: know. Now look, wait a minute, Clay. I've got an idea why Pedro isn't talking. Maybe he thinks as soon as he gets out of jail, he'll be able to go right back into the narcotics business. He figures Collins will be waiting for him. Is that right, Pedro?
4: I got nothing to say. If
3: that's what you think, you're wrong. Because when we catch Collins, he's going to be held for murder.
4: Murder? What do you mean?
3: I'm pretty sure Collins killed his wife. Sooner or later, we'll find him, Pedro. And when we do, you'll go on trial with him. Me? I got nothing to do with the killing. You got plenty to do with it. You know where Collins is and won't tell us.
4: Well, senor, you got to believe me. I didn't know he's mixed up in this.
3: You want to tell us what you do know he's mixed up in?
4: See, Senor Collins, is the man I've been working for. When the stuff comes from Mexico, always before I take it to his house. Where were you we supposed to take it this time? Two days ago, Senor Collins came and he say he must go away. He say I have to bring the stuff to him in San Antonio, to a hotel there. Which one? The Park Hotel. Senor, I got nothing to do with this killing. You gotta believe me.
3: Come on, Clay. Let's lock our friend up and get moving. It's a long drive to San Antonio. We reached San Antonio at 10 that morning. The Park Hotel was a run-down establishment that advertised rooms from a dollar up. The desk clerk told us Collins had left word that if anyone came for him, he could be found in a barbershop down the street. We left the hotel and started looking for him. That must be it down there, Jace. It's the only barbershop in this block. Yeah. How do you want to work it? We go in and get him? Probably better wait till Clay. A man coming out of the barbershop. Yeah, it's Collins, all right. Jace, he sees us. He's running. Come on. He's ducking into that restaurant. Get around with the rear entrance, Clay. I'll go in the front. All right. Be careful, Jase. Yeah.
4: Don't come no closer, Ranger.
1: Drop that gun, Collins.
4: He's going to rape me? A lot of people in here, Ranger. Don't shoot You wouldn't want me to get hurt, would
1: you? Now, look, Collins. Don't come
4: no closer. If you doing? I'll start shooting, and I don't care who I hit. You
3: got a narcotics and a murder rap already. You want to make
1: it worse?
4: How can I make it worse? I got nothing to lose. Now I'm going through
1: this kitchen door. Don't try to come after me unless you want someone out there
6: to get hurt. Grab him, Clay! Grab him, Clay! I got him, Clay! Hold still,
3: Collins! You lousy... Shut up! Come on, Collins. You were going on out the back. Let's keep right on going. It's all her fault. She shouldn't have poked her nose in my business. Pick up your feet. Come on.
4: Right. That little brat son of hers was going to learn something bad from me. Said she was going to the cops. Is that why you killed her, Collins? I'd have caught a force. She ran away. I'd have beat some sense in her head. Crazy woman. Come on, keep moving. Great <laughs> The biggest mistake I ever made was marrying her. I never should have married her.
3: That's one thing we agree on, Collins. If you hadn't, a little kid would still have his mother.
1: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard.
2: Today, two new shows join the NBC Entertainment lineup. Next on this station, you'll hear The Chase, and then stay tuned for your old favorite, The First Nighter, with Barbara Luddy and Olin Soule, the original stars of the series. Later today, it's Theater Guild on the air. Listen to this preview of today's show.
3: We haven't far to go. If we can just reach the longboat, we'll have a chance. Wait, there's someone in the shadows.
2: Good morning, Mr. Van Biden and my dear young lady. I'm sorry to be such a spoil sport, but you see, it's quite impossible to escape from my ship. And if you move one step closer to the longboat, I shall be forced to shoot you both.
5: This is Margaret Phillips. You have just heard a scene from The Seawolf, a dramatic production in which I have the pleasure to co-star with Boris Karloff and Burgess Meredith, this evening on to Guild on the Air
2: on NBC. Hear the Seawolf today on Theater Guild on the Air. And now, back to the conclusion of today's Tales of the Texas Rangers.
1: And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Tommy Wilkes was taken to the home of his aunt, who identified him through a newspaper picture. George Collins revealed the two other men who completed the narcotics
3: ring. They were picked up by Texas Rangers, and all four men involved were given prescribed jail terms. George Collins was found guilty of murder with malice and was sentenced to
1: life imprisonment at Huntsville.
6: Next
1: week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. McRae will soon be seen in San Francisco Story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, Lillian Bias, Dick Beals, Leo Curley, Herb Ellis, and Don Diamond. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Teach. Hal Gibney speaking.
0: Thanks for joining us for Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Stories from the Old West. Reviews are always appreciated. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back soon.
2: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
6: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.